Thanks for tuning in to the Help with Bitcoins podcast. Be sure to get over to helpwithbitcoins.com. That's helpwithbitcoins.com, where you can find the twice daily Bitcoin Rush Hour broadcasts, also to become a member of the community. The membership site is currently free and has a ton of great videos to take you from being a new individual in the crypto world to becoming a knowledgeable individual or adding to the expertise in the crypto world you've already gained. Become a member today. Now on with the program. All right. Welcome to the Bitcoin Rush Hour. And uh, I want to just kind of make sure I do a sound check when people start showing up on the line. I've got a couple cameras going on today. And so we're going to put this also up on YouTube because it's been a little bit challenging to take what I have on Facebook and put over to YouTube. It's nice when we get in the studio and I'm not driving to be able to do that. So kind of repurpose it, make sure there's more people, more reach. Um, so, hi, Mom. Can I do a quick sound check with you, Mom? Just kind of give me a thumbs up if you're able to hear I'm coming in loud and clear. I think it should be just fine, but just you can write in the comment box. By the way, for the show today, um, I'm going to let you guys know that you guys can definitely go ahead and put in a comment. Uh, today, I'm going to be covering 12. Okay, good. Coming in loud and clear. Thanks, Brett, and thanks for all the support, by the way. Coming in loud and clear. So um, I'm going to be going over 12 things uh, and 12 evidences that Bitcoin is not, uh, you know, basically myths about Bitcoin. So I'm going to go over 12 myths. So um, before I jump, jump into the content, though, one of the things I will let you know is if you want to put chats, if you want to put, um, I have a pen, if you want to put like some questions that you have, I can go ahead and do that. My goal, just so everybody knows, is to be uh, earning an income of one Bitcoin per day. And uh, that might seem kind of insane to you, but there's a way and, and, uh, and I'm excited to share that with whoever wants to listen. Uh, but this is going to be some high quality information. Uh, I want to let you guys know that uh, we are going to go straight solid through all these 12 myths. And if anybody gets good information on this, please give me some thumbs up so that we can have more people join us. It'll help Facebook and their algorithms to push this information to them so that they know where to find us. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the 12, uh, 12 myths. Uh, I promised this morning on the drive into work, the rush hour, Bitcoin rush hour, that I would do 10. And I actually uh, did some more research and found 12. So, all right. So Bitcoin is not dead. So one of the things that is a huge rumor out there is, is that Bitcoin can die. Um, that is uh, actually its topic. So if you guys were ever to, sorry, the school's calling me right now. Um, and it knocked off my video feed. Lovely. All right. Bitcoin is not dead. So these are the 12 ways. I just spliced that video together. Um, 12 ways to know that Bitcoin is not dead um, or myths about Bitcoin. Bitcoin obituaries. If you actually Google search Bitcoin obituaries, you will come to a website that actually has made a, a mockery of Bitcoin dying. It has over 189 times that Bitcoin has supposedly died. Uh, I was listening to an interview recently. Uh, kind of an interesting situation where I was listening to an interview from somebody that was uh, um, uh, the front man, the hedge fund manager for um, a, a gigantic firm, probably one of the top four firms. And he actually has come off and done Bitcoin uh, and cryptocurrency since then. And now he writes the Palms. Um, uh, there's a Palm report. Basically, there's a there's a, a letter that he writes now, and, and they can actually affect the markets because it's so well attended. And one of the things he brought up with Bitcoin is, is even after the Mt. Gox exchange, and we'll talk a little bit about that in another myth, 
that Bitcoin did not officially die. And that's an incredible thing to come overcome. A lot of the times when things uh, get attacked by the level that occurred on that, then they just kind of go completely down. And his biggest thing, his biggest, biggest indicator is, is that Bitcoin still had value after one of the most horrendous situations that could possibly happen. By the way, the obsolete uh, opportunity for that to happen is it's just become more and more obsolete. Uh, Bitcoin is, is anonymous. That's a myth. Bitcoin is more like pseudo-anonymous. Now, uh, I've got a bunch of people calling in. So once again, got to start the video. Sorry about the. Uh, uh, all right. There we go. We'll splice a few videos together on my second feed. Um, Bitcoin is not anonymous. It's pseudo anonymous. In fact, one of the things that you'll find out about Bitcoin is, is that because you have to go through a third party to get your information logged in and because everything is a public ledger, there could be traces back to you. So uh, that'll get into some of these other myths about terrorism and, and drug uses and uh, things that Hollywood has really been doing with Bitcoin. It um, doesn't really matter. It actually causes uh, uh, one of the things you'll notice if you follow uh, Bitcoin is any attack on Bitcoin, it actually becomes stronger. So so number two, and I'm, I plan on knocking these out right here. Number one, Bitcoin is not dead. It's got 189 obituaries that never came true. Um, and number two, Bitcoin is anonymous. And that's basically because in order to onboard, they now make you go ahead and put in a, uh, an ID and, and it's tracked. And, and it doesn't make it any less appealing. It just means that... Um, that it is, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of pseudo anonymous. Now you can use a different alternative coin or you can use different services to help you so that when you make your purchases, they don't need to know who it was that made the purchases. Um, but it's, it's not anonymous, but it's also not transparent. So one thing is, is one of the big things. And if you've never really understood what Bitcoin is, it is a public, it's, it's, uh, basically purchases that are found on a public ledger or a blockchain. And so the cool thing with that, um, is that you can actually go and see your, you know, your transaction. The advantage it has over banks in that sense, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, is, is that you don't need a middleman. If you want to purchase something online, you can purchase that from somebody and you don't need that middleman. And so you can go directly peer to peer on that. And that has some amazing effects to it. Um, but it doesn't mean it's completely transparent either. You know, the, the, the ledger is transparent. You can go at any time and look at the blocks is what they call it on the blockchain with the purchase of Bitcoin. And you can see the exchange that has occurred from one wallet to the next wallet. Um, wallet is where Bitcoins are stored. But it's not completely transparent. And it's also not completely hidden and not completely anonymous. Um, but it is just a better, it's, you know, it's, it's better to find in, in between these two extremes. But the centralized banking is completely cut out of these kind of transactions. There's another myth out there. And in many of you guys, if you've heard this myth before, give me a thumbs up in the chat. Bitcoin is used by terrorists. Uh, I, you know, to quote, to quote. So if you've heard Bitcoin's used by terrorists, come and give me a thumbs up. Give me a like right there. Tell me that you're listening. Um, it's not. It's actually pretty inefficient. It's uh, very ineffective to be used by terrorists, by the way, because uh, of what we just talked about. It is logged in, you know, cash is king. It is still the number one currency of choice for terrorists. But let me kind of bring you up to speed with a couple other things. Um, whenever it's brought up in a movie or a TV show, uh, it's brought up, you know, by enormous amounts. My wife texted me that Grey's Anatomy had a, a what they call ransomware. So basically they hold a computer ransom and until somebody releases a certain amount of Bitcoin, uh, then the computers, and this happened actually in Great Britain, but the maximum documented amount that they've ever asked for is 300,000. And so right now, right, roughly 
30 Bitcoin, <laughs> a little bit more than 30 Bitcoin. My math isn't all that good on a live video, but uh, roughly 30 Bitcoin. Um, the amounts that they talk about on, on televisions, thousands of Bitcoin being demanded, is not what ransomware is going to have. And here's a couple of things. Um, what Bitcoin actually attempts to solve is decentralized information. As we look deeper and deeper into decentralized information, it's meaning that terrorists will be less and less able because of the blockchain technology, that public ledger technology, to hack places like uh, credit agencies. Like, you know, they just found out pretty much everybody got hacked on that credit agency. Decentralized information, and that could be a topic for a completely different show, but it's not. And to quote the Winklevoss twins, now the Winklevoss twins, actually Facebook founders, you know, they were they were in there with them, got bought out by all the shares. And, you know, we've heard of Winklevoss twins. They've actually opened up and they're a big proponent of, of cryptocurrency. They opened up the Gemini exchange. Um, but what they actually have as a good quote is, is um, as far as to say Bitcoin is a haven for really stupid criminals. That's that's kind of the idea is, is that if you want to go ahead and use Bitcoin for ill and uh, bad purposes, it's probably going to be that you're really a stupid criminal. And so, uh, you know, the cash is really the purpose. Like if you know, your local drug dealer, your local <laughs> weed, weed seller or whatever else, um, they're going to be the one that actually is the one that's taking cash because they're not likely to be sophisticated on the side of, of receiving that. That's not in all cases, but the majority are not. The most uh, most used in your city today is the money in the back pocket. It's not uh, It's not necessarily drug uh, use. Now, Silk Road, many of you guys have heard of Silk Road. It's the other kind of like dark, um, uh, you know, reputation. That was actually used uh, through Bitcoin and it got shut down. The guy's in prison for years now. So actually, I'm going to knock off two of these real quick and talk about number five. Bitcoin, and this is actually taken from a Nasdaq.com report. I've got a couple other ones I'm going to merge into this, so you guys can look this up, but the 10 myths about Bitcoin. I'm hoping with this broadcast, though, I kind of take what's on paper and kind of explain to you a little bit more about Bitcoin by telling about what it's not. It's not exactly a Socratic method, but it's similar. So we're going through what it's not to find out what it is, and, and that is kind of helpful for many of you guys. It's not backed by anything. It has no value. That's a, that's a quote a lot of people, when they think, you know, uh, well, Bitcoin, how can it actually be worth anything? This has its own explanation. I'd like to consider for just a second as I pull out my wallet and as I pull out my card and I'll keep it flipped around just in case, you know, because this is going public, you know, whatever. So my wallet right here, my card, um, it is actually kind of interesting because it doesn't really have a, a dollar attached to it. It has it attached to the ledger of the banks. So, you know, re really, when I go take that debit, it's an agreed upon amount that I have sitting in my bank account. It's no different from a cryptocurrency wallet. So you have an agreed upon currency that's sitting in a wallet. If that makes sense, give me a thumbs up, because that's one of the better explanations I've actually kind of gone through and try to help somebody understand. You know, if if you have a debit card, it really doesn't have that dollar that's sitting within that debit card. It'd be weird if we had a debit card that all of a sudden had like these dollar amounts that's sitting in there. That That would be strange. It's not. It's not currently based on that card. It's based on the ledger that's at your bank account. And those are a bunch of cryptographic numbers anyways. We've been doing this for years. So um, let's see. Bitcoin is not backed by anything. Well, it has no value. That's not true. Actually, there's some reports that, um, you know, basically currency gets its 
there's a there's a term called consensus. If you've ever heard of consensus, give me a give me a comment about consensus or say yes, I've heard about consensus. Hit yes or type it in if you're not driving or something like that watching it. If you've heard of consensus, what consensus means is that the environment that you're in believes that something has value. And if you look at the history of currency, if you believe if you look at the history of currency, you'll actually find that consensus basically means that we all understand that this current thing has a, has a value. You know, it's interesting, back in the day, they actually used to have seashells. A certain tribe of people used seashells, and it was their consensus, their agreed upon, that a seashell had currency. A large stone, like this huge milling stone, was the former currency somewhere else. Well, that all became outdated, and many people actually believe that Bitcoin will become the new choice of currency in the future. Uh, because there's so many different advantages we'll get over in just a minute here. But um, one of the things with Currency Wars author, there's a Jim Rickards is actually a, a, a currency expert. And he writes that uh, he points out that uh, currency in the history of money, Bitcoins are backed by confidence. And so that's the other word for consensus. Gold is valuable because people agree that it is. That's that consensus. That's how that factors in. Gold is valuable because people agree that gold's valuable. You know, one of the things I like to say, though, is, is if if these space shuttle pulls in the asteroid and they mine the asteroid, there could be a, a, a rock that's full of gold and it would take the market and flood it. And, it, and that's the thing is, is there's a scarcity attached to Bitcoin. So I better go there next. Um, there's, I'm going to step away from this one. Obviously, there's value. I mean, there's $8,300 worth of value built into one Bitcoin right now. But a lot of people are like, okay, well, I can't afford $8,300. It's a store of value. And so here's what I'll tell you. I first thought, man, I need to own a full Bitcoin in order to be, you know, like set. I own many now. I own, uh, I'm climbing up on 10 over. Yeah. Anyways, that's not necessary. The point here is, is this. If you if you own a dollar, you could also have a quarter. So what would a dollar be? Well, 0.25 of a dollar is, give me the answer, 0.05. Let's do that answer. What's 0.05 of a dollar? Go ahead and type that in the, the chat box. What's 0.05 of a dollar? We'll leave that up there because it's kind of helpful. And it's written backwards. I noticed the, it's kind of weird how the orientation on my, they figured things out a little bit, but What's 0.05 of a dollar? And um, anyways, actually, this isn't run backwards. Okay, side note. That's how you have to kind of look at Bitcoin. They're in units of Satoshis. And so you're going to have, okay, 0.0001. That kind of maybe gets a little confusing for people, but what you're saying is one hundredth of the value of Bitcoin. And so that would actually be, at this point, about, I don't know, like one one hundredth of the value. 0.01 would be, oh no, that's one one thousandth. 0.01 would be one hundredth of the value. Um, so this should probably be about $80. 0.01 would be $80. And so that's one of the hits on it because it does have volatility. And, and uh, so we're knocking off this one. You can buy partial amounts. In fact, that's how I got started as I started buying partial amounts. Um, so when we got to this part, 0.01 being $80. Backwards of this, we have one Satoshi. And that's the thing is we're going to have, 
we're going to have a time, and this is mark mark me saying this at this point. There needs to be a there's going to be a shift where we're no longer looking at numbers like this. We're going to be looking because Bitcoin is so scarce. We're going to be looking at numbers reverse of that. So it's point zero zero. If that makes sense, hit hit like. It's going to be that way. It's already kind of turning that way. Um, and and there's uh, some amazing things that that are occurring with that, and it's divisible. Um, I got it. I got an email today, for example, and it says it's kind of crazy. It says, you know, Happy Head uh, Massage Parlor. Yeah, don't get too carried away with the, the name, uh, but there's two big m- massage chains around here: Happy Head and uh, Massage Envy. And you guys probably have heard of Massage Envy. I don't know if Happy Head's out where you where you live, but. Happy Head is one that I go to because it actually they'll they give me a reimbursement check for the uh, FSA like healthcare reimbursement. Here's the point: um, they actually were sending me in a quick email that announced something. I was like, "Oh well, let me look at the deals." And I looked down and it says Bitcoin is accepted here. So when I would go in there, if I was to pay eighty dollars with my tip, that's the amount that I would go ahead and send over in my wallet to them. Point oh one. Let me do that right here. 0.01 Bitcoins. ETC. So if that makes sense, I hope that kind of helps clear it up. You don't have to have a full Bitcoin. Um, it's a great store of money, especially with the bullish market right now. So now we knocked off that one and you can buy smaller amounts. Because Bitcoin's price is volatile, it makes it useless. Actually, the opposite is true. Um, it makes it divisible. Quite honestly, it makes it divisible. And what I mean by divisible is, is back when we had a dollar, we needed a quarter. And back before we had 0.01 of a dollar, there was a hate penny. You know, there was actually a partial penny. And so this is where we get to see until it gets to its top value. And there's many experts that say we're hitting 10,000 by the end of the year. Um, there's people that are saying it's going to go to 150,000 per Bitcoin. Um, you know, we don't know where this is going to stop, but it's going to end up being, let me check a quick text I got coming through. Okay, it's not related. Um, it's going to end up being something that we're, uh, we don't know where it's going to stop, but it's sure a fun ride to go ahead and get your Bitcoin and ride it. Um, and you can start with amounts at $10, $10. You can get it unloaded and, and rise with the tide. Uh, a lot of experts are saying by next year it's going to 10x because right now, by the end of this week, first part of December, in that range, Banks are going to be able to start hedging with Bitcoin. So uh, let me go back to this topic. Um, number seven, I think I hit six, six with that. Number seven, so volatility does not bring down the value. Number seven, Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. Let me read the rules of a Ponzi scheme so you can come up with this for yourself. A Ponzi scheme requires an initial founder who persuades investors that they'll make some sort of profit. Now, here's the, there's the problem with that first piece of the Ponzi scheme. First of all, there's no central point of power in Bitcoin. It's decentralized. That's what partially gives it its power as it's a decentralized system. So there's no promise of profits in the network. There's no promise of profits. The second part of a Ponzi scheme always requires a new uh, new investor to pay off an earlier investor. This is not the case with Bitcoin as the system can work with practically any number of users. However, the network is stronger, the more resilient when we use when used with more people. And there's millions of people that are holding this value in there. There's $134 billion that are holding the value, USD, that are holding the value in place. 
Uh, number three, if, a, if Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme, then all other forms of money were also initially developed as a Ponzi scheme. So, you know, honestly, if you look at this, this is something that you really kind of consider is, is if Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme, well, you know, we just talked about where a penny was a large unit at one time and it had to come from a hay penny. So I hope that kind of makes sense there. It's, it's impossible to be. There's no centralized person that is benefiting from new people joining. There is also no way it can be a Ponzi scheme because it's the way that currency is actually built. So if you look back at historical history, uh, the scarcity factor of Bitcoin, the fact that, um, you know, up until the gold standard was removed, it was scarce with the USD. But, um, you know, when we removed the gold standard, that became kind of paper. Paper that you get taxed on, by the way, so you can make sure it doesn't get counterfeited. So you kind of get uh, taxed twice. A lot of people don't realize that. So, all right. So we're number seven is knocked off. Um, eight, Bitcoin is only used for illegitimate purposes. Now, this might seem like um, a little bit of a repeat from before, but here is where I'm going to kind of come in there and kind of give you a little bit more details. Amazon, Starbucks, Target, Foldapp, Purse.io, uh, Dell Computers, I looked up Sacramento Kings, now accept Bitcoin. Happy Head Massage Parlor, I just talked about that. Uh, and that's in a respe respectful chain, reputable chain, by the way, uh, contrary to the name. And um, they're all accepting Bitcoin, so it must have other purposes other than illegitimate purposes. And we found out from the Weeklevice twins, again, the, um, as far as to say Bitcoin is really only for stupid criminals. So if you want to use it for bad purposes, then you're really pretty traceable. All right. Bitcoin mining wastes electricity. Now, this is where there's a debate out there because it does cost a lot of money to mine. The company I'm working with has some innovations that are unbelievable with that. So, you know, instant message me if you want some more details on that. But um, it's not it's not uh, a huge waste. It does cost, uh, you know, to mine the consumption. Uh, uses the same amount of electricity about is about 675 uh, for average homes um, per year. Now, here's the thing is, is, though, if you're turning up a few Bitcoin during that time, then it's probably pretty comparable. It all depends on if you agree that Bitcoin has value. Um, but the other thing that it's doing, and this is something that if, if, if you like the fact that it, it forces innovation, because that's what's happening is, is that this extra push actually forces innovation. Um, it doesn't waste electricity. It makes people smarter about how they use electricity. And uh, that is, that's huge. Um, another myth. So that was number, uh, number nine. So we, we knocked off eight and nine on that one. Another myth. Bitcoin CEO was arrested. Now, this is not the case. Actually, the CEO of the Mount Gox and the Silk Road, they are in deep water. They actually have destroyed a lot of coins. They've, um, you know, Silk Road actually used it for the purposes of online purchasing of drugs. Um, uh, they they went to jail as a result. Um, Mount Gox. Now, uh, the founder of Mount Gox. Mount Gox was the only exchange that was really available worldwide. And the problem is, is that they allowed because it was centralized. And that's the thing: is that the more exchanges, the better. The more services, the better. Uh, the more problems there is, the stronger, because when you have a problem, then you go out there and you fix it. And this is out in the ecosystem. It's not behind closed doors. Um, a lot of centralized prop properties, they they have mess ups like they slip your like, you, you know, target. I even just brought up target, the, the hack on target. They tell you little bits of what they need to tell you so their stocks don't tank. 
when there's a big problem with Bitcoin and with other um, third-party agencies, they take ownership and they actually go back and they they look and they they circle the they circle the situation and they come up with better ways to go ahead and protect themselves. So the CEO, there's no such thing. There's a creator that wrote on the hills of the the, the economy tanking after the real estate crisis back in 2007 and all after the government bailed out so many different companies back then and all this big issue uh the 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 programmer or a group of programmers that's depending on who you talk about is satoshi nakamoto and he or they uh wrote up a program that would make it so number one the infrastructure has never been hacked third parties like mount gox has been hacked but the infrastructure of Bitcoin has never been hacked. It's been attempted to be hacked for years. But the thing is, is it's just set up in a way that it can't be hacked, nor would it be any beneficial. Um, and it's out there publicly. So if something looks fraudulent, then it actually uh, it gets protected from that as well. So it can't be hacked. It's The CEO was not arrested. That's a total fake um, Mount Gox's uh, CEO was uh, uh, Mark Carpellis. He was a he was a fruitcake of uh, you know as far as magic goes. He was I mean I don't mean fruitcake. He was just really big fan. And so if you ever hear about Mount Gox, by the way, the acronym for Mount Gox is Magic the Gathering Exchange Online Exchange. Mount Gox. That's where you get that from. And um, you know yeah, there's uh, Charlie Shrem. You'll hear a little bit about Charlie Shrem. I'm not going to talk. I, I have. I actually am kind of a supporter of Charlie Shram and what he did, but, uh, but not, you know, Rose, Ross Ulbricht, he is the one that for the founder of, uh, of Silk Road and, uh, he got arrested for selling drugs on the internet. So again, um, it's traceable, it's trackable, and, and he, he got into some serious trouble with that. So, um, that was number 10, I believe. And let's go ahead and go for these last two bonus ones I didn't tell you about. And let's see if we can pull these up. Um, let me see this one. Okay. I think in here there's going to be one that I really want to focus on. Okay. You can simply turn off Bitcoin. You can simply turn off Bitcoin. All right. So imagine this. Everybody in the world can easily create a wallet to store their cryptographic value. They can store it on a piece of paper just like this. They can store it on a computer. And those two ways of storing your value is the most safe ways. And there's millions of coins stored that way. Then there's the hot wallets, which are online stores of units. But the point here is, is the only way you could attack the infrastructure of Bitcoin is shutting down the power grid and shutting down electricity altogether and shutting down the Internet. And as soon as you flip that switch, that would be the only way you could kill it. And actually, I'll come back to this. I'll circle back around in just a minute here. That is actually, you know, all of us would think that's pretty impossible to do. Right. The only way, once again, that you can kill Bitcoin would be to shut down the power grid, shut down the Internet. Now, here's the problem with that. Even countries like China has attacked Bitcoin and completely made it banned. And it didn't lose its value for very long. It actually sprung back in Japan closest to China, actually bought up a, che- a bunch of cheap Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, it can it can be uh, kind of damaged by some press. But for me, nowadays, I just stage up a bunch of USD and actually use that into buying it into weakness. And so that's pretty that's pretty cool when it happens. I quite honestly, I mean it's like, you know, I know Bitcoin's going to the moon, but I'd like to catch a little bit more of the rocket ship before it gets there. That's my philosophy. Um so it really is one of those things. And let me read this. This is pretty important. The entire thing, okay, so 
In other words, what they're saying is, is there some way that the entity can disconnect Bitcoin and suddenly the entire thing would disappear, taking away billions of dollars in value, which is stored as Bitcoins in the network. This is simply incorrect as Bitcoin lives simultaneously across decentralized networks of a thousand computers worldwide. Each of these computers keeps a copy of the entire Bitcoin blockchain. Isn't that amazing, right? Um, and it keeps permanent record of every single Bitcoin transaction ever made. It's pretty amazing, right? I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's what you would have to attack. Each of these, in quotation, nodes runs on its own and can be operated independently from the uh, Bitcoin network running. Because of this, there should not be, there should, um, should there be any attempt of interrupting the, the Bitcoin uh, by blocking access to any group of nodes, the rest of the network would continue to operate and Bitcoin would still remain operational. And the, because of this, there is no single centralized authority controlling Bitcoin. There is no single entity which may have the power switch of Bitcoin. That's, that's huge. This was also taken from, I think uh, it was a blockchaininformer.com, five myths about Bitcoin. The, fir the first one that I talked about uh, was off of the NASDAQ.com. Uh, it was uh, 10 minutes about Bitcoin. I've shared these with you guys tonight. We just hit 11. And let's look for one more bonus one. One more bonus. Uh, Bitcoin is not secure. <laughs> All right. So Bitcoin is currently um, in itself never been hacked. Third party, I touched on this, third parties have it attacked and hacked other things. So, um, you know, just a quick market watch. I'm going to go ahead and pull up um, coinmarketcap.com. It's a great uh, source for checking. And coinmarketcap.com actually has Bitcoin. Let me hit the refresh. Bitcoin sitting right now at it's $8,207 for a full Bitcoin. And again, don't let that shock you. Go ahead and get your Bitcoin now. There's never been a Satoshi, which is the smallest unit of Bitcoin that I've ever regretted. You can get 10,000 Satoshis right now, or 12,000 actually Satoshis right now for a dollar. So kind of think in terms of Satoshis instead of thinking about in terms of, of Bitcoin, full Bitcoins, and start building up your uh, nest egg. This has been exciting. I hope that you gained from this call. Uh, I hope that you guys all have a good time uh, with your rest of your evening. It's time for family home evening for us, and I think we're going to go to Thor Ragnarok in just a minute here. I'm excited to watch that movie with the family. And with that, take care, take charge.